You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, sexymarriage.net. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. Dr. Corey Allen, alongside my beautiful and talented wife, Pam. Hey, nation. Where we are having honest, straightforward conversations about married life and sex and the good, the bad, what works, what doesn't. We answer your questions. We answer your emails. And the way you can let us know what's on your mind is 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. And you know what this week is. What is this week? It's the made-up holiday of Valentine's. Valentine's. <laughs> yes, guys. Uh, my Well, Corey and I both say it. It's a made-up holiday, but why not take the opportunity to celebrate yeah, well, your relationship? Enjoy it. Celebrating love, celebrating your marriage, celebrating the, the one that's special to you is always a good occasion. It is. It is. I just have the contention that Valentine's is made up by Hallmark and... Russell Stover's and Pro Flowers just to sell product. Yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> so, well, I hope your Valentine's is fantastic. We love it. Because we do want the Sexy Marriage Nation to uh, enjoy the time and spend it with those that they love. Yeah. We also want to thank Scentbird for supporting Sexy Marriage Radio. And with an exclusive offer just for our listeners, you can get 50% off your first month today. That's only $7.50 for your first fragrance. Go to scentbird.com forward slash SMR and use the code SMR for 50% off your first month. So here's what's coming up on today's show. Uh, A couple of your questions, our answers, and I'm also having a second opinion where Dr. Debbie Silber is joining me, where we're going to talk about um, recovering from betrayal. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be some good info. So in the past, we've covered this Mm -hmm. with another guest, but Debbie has uh, an interesting take on she's done some study that's just on women and their uh, path to recovery after betrayal. Okay. And it's a pretty extensive study and it's it's after, worth listening after to. After they've betrayed spouse or after, after they were the one that was betrayed. They so were it's the just one their that healing was and their recovery yeah. in the process because she's discovered that a lot of people get stuck in in a stage. Sure. And they don't move on. And so there's actually a better process that can help the healing happen. That's coming up on the free version, uh, the regular version. On the extended version, which is longer and no ads, you can subscribe at sexymarriage.net. Dr. Debbie Silver and I go even more in-depth on the research study that she did and what she found, and then even more in-depth on the five stages of this process that she has discovered. Okay. So all that's coming up on today's show. So this is an email that's been in the inbox for a while at feedbacksexymarriageradio.com. So I'm going to paraphrase. This is a husband that's emailed in. They just celebrated their two-year anniversary. They have no kids. He's a recovering nice guy and is the higher desire. And he's had a hard time with sex because I think he's he's always felt some kind of disgust or anger from his wife towards me when he's wanted to do anything other than missionary position. She used to agree to participate at first, but now she doesn't. At the beginning of the year, we sat down and I asked her what she was comfortable with because I'd gotten to the point where I didn't even know how I could ask for sex and if I could ask for anything other than missionary. Remember, he's a recovering nice guy. 
Well, she said she's only comfortable with missionary position. Everything else makes her feel dirty. Well, we on the show have talked about higher desire needing to do their job and ask, and the lower desire needs to do their job is to say no if they're not interested. Well, it makes her angry when I ask for something else. You said in a show a while back that no doesn't necessarily mean no forever, and that people change, and that one day it could turn into a yes. That's where I want to believe we're headed. My question is, well, my wife has already said she doesn't want to do something. It makes her upset and she's asked when she's asked, how should I proceed with asking for what I want? I'm a Christian, so I think about 1 Corinthians 13, which is the love chapter, and it pretty much tells me to drop it, or at least that's how I interpret it. Any kind of guidance would be great. Thanks. Yeah, he's asking. Good job. Trying to overcome nice guy. Right. So he's taking that to well, heart. Yeah. So what What would be your first recommendation if the two of them are sitting in, in the room? I've got a thought on this. I'm curious about yours first. Well, to me, thought number one is ask, why does she feel dirty with anything except the missionary position? Right. So you're talking about getting deeper into the meanings of things. Yeah. So for her to... You know, he wants her to do something more to spice it up, to have some different positions. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And except that here she is, he's got his, his, his spouse is, is not comfortable with it. And that's the, that's the area that a lot of times couples land is it's not a moral thing we're talking about here. No. It's a discomfort thing. And that is where a bulk of the issues that you face in married sex occur. Yeah. I'm just not comfortable with this. Yeah. And so if we can lay that as the foundation for this conversation, then I think we can get somewhere. Because a lot of times people will take it as, I don't even want to explore why I'm not comfortable and they put it in the moral category. Therefore, it's, it's, it's above reproach. You can't even talk about it. It's not even for discussion. And that's really, really frustrating for both sides of this equation. I want to honor both sides. Because yes. it's not like she's got an easy road No. With, with just it's all in his court, and he has to just swallow it when he's wanting more. But what I'm curious about is there's two things that jump out to me. One is the idea of, as the higher desire and the one that's a little more interested in creativity, novelty, eroticism, what have you, the bulk of the pressure is going to have to come from you to, to try to push the envelope some. So in, in lots of regards, what he's talking about is the higher desire, it's his job to pursue, it's her job to say yes or no. Okay. So one of the things that comes up is realizing what are the variety of ways you push the envelope? Because just asking for an intellectual conversation about it doesn't do it. Doesn't it need to start there to get some, number one, to get some sort of comprehension of where her mindset is coming from and potentially for her to to start kind of hashing over things. Well, I agreed. Uh, but okay. but the problem with this is a lot of times couples get into this intellectual dialogue about something and it just stays there. They don't want to actually transition it to actually doing something about it. Okay, and I 
think that maybe that's where he feels like he is doing something. Right. So well, what? So nice what guys. Is, so what is doing something look well, like then? Us, us nice guys, because I have been one in my lifetime. We are expert at let's conversationalize our way to a solution. Intellectualize. We'll figure this out. We'll solve this equation by having the right combination of words. Okay, but he can't dialogue. put into action for her something other than the missionary style. So what actionable item is there for him? This is where it shifts to, uh, it, these are more uh, bolder moves in my mindset. I think you're right, Pam, in that there's, there's merit to, we need to explore what's the meaning. And I need to take the word me, we out of this. And it's she needs to explore what's the meaning behind I'm only comfortable with missionary position sex. She needs to unpack that. Because that's her journey. That's not his. That's hers. It is. And it seems like that that's where he's kind of stuck on getting her to even want to unpack that. And that, in my mind, that starts with these conversations that you're saying that get stuck on. It does. It, that's a part of it. But the bigger move is make a move. Do something different in the midst of sex. Okay. Start sex in a situation where missionary position is not even possible. The kitchen, by the counter, that's different. The couch, it's missionary position maybe, but it's a different location. That spices it up. Then see if that pr produces dirty feelings or not. Because you're starting to push the envelope a little bit with action. Okay. Are you tracking or what? I'm trying I'm to read tracking. your face here. I'm hearing what you're saying. I like where you're going. But then again, I'm thinking if... if if his email holds true, she's just going to get pissed. Yeah, she is. Right? She's just going to get mad. Yep, she is. And this is where my second point is. He takes the 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, as meaning he needs to just drop it. I don't read that chapter that way. Okay. Because it talks about love is patient, love is kind. It does not, and I'm assuming probably where we land on where we can take the a more hard line stance is it's not self-serving. And so then you have to wrestle with your own integrity of, is my wanting variety and sex with my wife self-serving? Okay. Because I don't think it is. Because a lot of the husbands I know and talk to in my office in mastermind groups, and then even, I'm sorry, I just threw husbands in there. Wives are in this category too. That's right. That they want to do more because it's more pleasing to their spouse. They want to add more flavor and variety because they want to make their spouse the point of the so of the focus, that it's actually a giving thing. It's not, I want more because it's just a self-serving process. Right. And I would totally agree with you there. It, it adds so much flavor to the relationship. It adds a connection because it's something new you're doing together. I mean, there's just so right. many different avenues that... Um, I would agree that it's beneficial. Right. So, but when someone doesn't think that, trying no, to get them out of that rut. Right. But this is this is where trying to intellectualize a disagreement about this doesn't solve it. This is a gridlock issue, and that's where you have to define yourself differently in the way you approach it, and do things differently. Knowing, you know what, I'm going to make a move. I'm going to change it up. In the middle of sex, when we start with the missionary position, because this is one of the things I give a lot of guys that counsel of, start the normal routine 
and then in the middle of it, grab her and roll her over on top of you. Don't say anything, just do it. And it's likely going to disrupt the cycle. It's very likely she could go, what are you doing? I've, I'm no longer interested. I don't want... Fine, handle that well. But what you've done is you've done a bigger step forward of who you are and wanting to lead the process. And handling that well, I think, is the key. Those mm-hmm. words there, you have to handle that well. Mm-hmm. Or else it just puts another kind of nail in the coffin. Right. But you have to realize making some of these moves means I might kill sex in the moment. Right. And that's a very likely possibility. Right. Have that expectation. But the only way you break out of a cycle is you risk the fight, the fact that it might kill it in the moment. Mm-hmm. But if you want something greater down the road, that requires both of you to step forward into that. That kind of a move is you stepping forward. You see what's holding her back then. That's kind of forcing her hand a little bit to start to explore what is the meaning? What is, what's really going on? And you could do this in an incredibly loving way. Because it's not a forceful thing at all. Mm-mm. It's just a, I'm going to start to be a little more directive in what I'm wanting to have happen rather than asking ahead of time. Because this is the thing nice guys do too often that, that shoots them in the foot. Let's script this whole thing out of what we're going to do before we do it. Mm. Takes away spontaneity right. and, you know, kind of some of that excitement. Where what that I have there. understood from the stuff I have read uh, from Dr. Glover and from a variety, and even Schnars talks a little bit about this, but um, one of the things that is, is paramount in a husband-wife relationship is someone's got to lead. And most of the time when the husband is a really good lead, the wife is a really good follow. Mm. She trusts that. And she knows you're not going to take advantage of that. And so you can make some bolder moves. And she might be reluctant at first, but if you've set up a good dynamic between you, she'll follow. Yeah. Just maybe not in that exact moment, but in time. And this is about just trying to re-examine, is he in the wrong for wanting more? I don't hear that. I don't think that, biblically speaking. No. So then it's just talking about preferences. Yeah. And the only way you confront preferences is you handle yours better. One of the things we love about Sexy Marriage Nation is the fact that we can possibly, thanks to our sponsor for today's show, help them smell even sexier. Because we've often said the Sexy Marriage Nation is the sexiest group of people on the face of the planet. So what's better than looking sexy than smelling sexy? Scentbird offers you a way to smell great and even mix up your fragrance routine without breaking the bank. Scentbird is a luxury fragrance subscription service for perfumes and colognes. And the best part, you don't have to buy entire bottles of perfume, thus leaving behind a shelf full of half-used bottles. Choose the perfume brands you want to try. They'll send you a 30-day supply in convenient sizes to cover your month. Then change it up if you want to get ready for spring or summer. We've loved the convenience, and I have to say, speaking from experience, the smells going around the Allen household from both my wife, myself, and our daughter have added quite a bit of spice to the, to the feeling in the home. It's been fun. So with an exclusive offer just for our listeners, you can get 50% off your first month today. That's only $7.50 for your first fragrance. 
Go to scentbird.com forward slash SMR and use the code SMR for 50% off your first month. Again, that's scentbird, S-C-E-N-T bird.com forward slash SMR for you to try out the first perfume or clone for just $7.50. Sign on and smell amazing. One of the issues that regularly comes up with Sexy Imagination is emails and voicemails that come in regarding how do we survive an affair? How do we um, heal from this? How do we navigate it? And so we're reaching out to Dr. Debbie Silber, and she has some great information from a, a slightly different perspective based on her own experience and just from, from work she's done. And she has a book out called The Unshakable Woman, Four Steps to Rebuilding Your Mind, Your Body, Mind, and Life After a Life Crisis. And so Dr. Debbie, thank you for joining us on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. So I'm curious because one of the things that immediately comes to mind when you're talking about the world of betrayal and affairs is most people, in my, my experience, they think of this on a relational lens only, but you've kind of taken a little bit of a different slant. Not that the relationship's not important, but your, your work has kind of honed in on, on a little more specific individual slant, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, we've seen, and I did a study on how women experience betrayal, what holds them back, what helps them heal. And what we found was it affects every area of life, physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. So it's not just that, of course, betrayal impacts us emotionally, mm -hmm. and we have a lot of rebuilding to do, but but it's holding us back. An unhealed betrayal affects us in business. It affects us in health. Of course, it affects us in relationships. Right. Absolutely. And so how do you see um, the signs that, that are showing you that, that maybe we're not putting those pieces together, right? Mm -hmm. That it's like, oh, wait, this is impacting here. And how do you, how do you find all that? You know, it's it's so interesting because we actually uh, have an assessment and it's to see what level, to what level you're still struggling with something we've identified as post-betrayal syndrome. Okay. And there is this collection of symptoms so common to betrayal, it's become known as post-betrayal syndrome. And, and so often what's so interesting is we don't often see it, but when I talk about it, People say, oh, my gosh, that gut issue is tied to my betrayal or I'm not asking for that raise because of that betrayal because, you know, because I, I, of my lack of confidence or, of course, you know, my trust issue because, uh, right. you know, because of that unhealed betrayal. But so many of our issues are you know, we can just focus on the physical alone. OK, like what? It's there. I mean, because yeah. this is one of those things that what jumps to my mind, Debbie, is thinking that, all right, this is. When you're, when you're looking at it from an outside objective point of view, it'd be like, oh, of course. But when you're in the mm -hmm. midst of it, it's hard to pinpoint it, right? That you get, you're just, I mean, wounded, hurt, mm -hmm. down, you know, flailing. There's a lot of different uh, descriptions of this. But what is it? How, how do you find it? I mean, obviously, the assessment you're alluding to is a, is a wonderful tool. But mm -hmm. as someone maybe in the sex imagination is just listening to this and mm -hmm. they're like, Okay, I want to know how do, how do I how do I recognize these? What what do I look for? Well, I'll tell you the, the typical profile of the woman I see every single day at my center, the PBT Post Betrayal Transformation Institute, right? Is let's say she's and I will go over specific symptoms, but this is a very typical profile. Okay. She's struggling with her weight, tw let's say twenty pounds. Okay, she had her immune system is shot. Her adrenals have crashed, mm -hmm. right? She's 
because think about it when you're, and this is actually, we've identified the five stages of betrayal, but it is so common. And this is actually in stage two where the body starts breaking down. And when you've ignited your stress response, you're headed for all kinds of symptoms, illnesses, conditions, disease. So, so like extreme fatigue, is one of the most common symptoms that we can have. So extreme, because think about it, you're reeling from this betrayal. Right. You're exhausted, right. but there's also sleeplessness. So you're exhausted, but you're not sleeping well. Now think about it. If you're exhausted and you're not sleeping well, but then you need to go to work the next day or you need to be there for your kids, you're looking for energy. Where are you finding it? Sugar and caffeine. Right. So now what's happened is you have this sort of tired but wired thing going on. Okay. Right. And yes, you may be physically physically getting through your day, but it's not without a price. So now you're going on those sugar highs with those inevitable sugar crashes. And how do you pick yourself back up again with more of that sugar? So of course, that's going to lead to, let's say, the weight gain. Now, when you're trying to self-soothe, right, from the pain you're feeling, if one of your choices is through food, or alcohol, right? Well, you could see where the weight is going to be impacted again. So that's just from a weight perspective, right? One of the most common things I see is a gut issue. Okay, and this is this is so common, and this is anything from, uh, you know, this could be diverticulitis, it could be Crohn's, it could be IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, mm-hmm. it could be diarrhea, constipation. Your and think about when someone says when when they've been impacted by a betrayal, they feel punched in the gut. Right. The has been knocked out of right. them. And I've been there, so I get it. I, I totally understand these same symptoms because these I had it the same stuff. B- but the gut is the second brain, you know? And our immune, 80% of our immune system is in our gut. So our gut right. is completely wrecked. Right. So common with betrayal. So now here's the thing too. Let's just say you could be eating the, the most the healthiest diet in the world. But now when your gut is wrecked, you don't have the benefit of digesting any of that. So you could be malnourished hmm. and eating a beautiful diet. Okay. So now if you're eating this great diet and you're malnourished, you know, you're, you're not getting the benefit of it. You're not retaining the nutrients that you're supposed to. Now what's happening is your gut lining isn't acting the way it's supposed to. Bad stuff is coming in. Good stuff is leaking out. So it is just one big mess. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> sounds, sounds like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, we're going to go into more detail of, of the study and the five stages in the extended content, but uh, uh, you're, you're kind of setting the stage for mm-hmm. listeners that are hearing this and realizing the importance of all these signs. So I guess the, the obvious question then, Debbie, is, okay, what do you do when you recognize, mm-hmm. okay, now I can put these pieces together and I'm seeing, wow, all of these things, even with the diet and all the stuff that I'm doing, it's still not helping so what, what, what's my next step? What do I do? Yeah. Well, the first thing you said, the first thing is recognizing it, because I think what, what I see is so many people feel like, well, time will help or right. a new relationship will help. Oh, no, it won't. Because if this stuff follows you like a shadow until you face it, you feel it, you heal it. And, you know, I did a TEDx on, on sabotage where we're just numbing, avoiding, distracting because it's painful right. to, to face this stuff. Absolutely. But it's only when we when we face it and say, what's the benefit of this? And you're thinking, benefit? Well, now I know Debbie's full-blown crazy. I'm telling you, there's a benefit to it because there was something in that experience that you were meant to learn. Maybe it was, hey, your boundaries have always gotten crossed. 
you need to learn to have different boundaries. Maybe, you know, you didn't realize how lovable, worthy, and deserving you are. And now you do. And whether this is rebuilding with your partner or rebuilding with, you know, or building with someone new, mm -hmm. if this is not looked at and healed, it just keeps following you. And, and I mean, I'm sure you hear this. I know I do. People say all the time, well, why does this, I keep attracting the same kind of relationship. Well, of <laughs> right. course you do. Right. You keep bringing the same you into every relationship you go into until you realize. And then what happens is you, you know, you get another opportunity in the form of another relationship. Right. And when you don't learn it, you get like the mother of all opportunities. And then you're like, you know what? That's it. I'll never accept this again. I've never, you know, I'll never right. put up with that again. Lesson learned. Beautiful. Yeah. Then it's purpose. Right. Well, and that's the whole thing, because what comes to my mind here and you talk about it is Esther Perel's phrase mm -hmm. after infidelity of, you know, the relationship you've had is over. It's just a question of do you want a new one with the same person? You know, because it's you know, it's a you being a different person also. A hundred percent. And there is there there, you know, it's a big scary word, the idea of death and rebirth. But I'll tell you, that's the only way. That is the only way uh rebuilding with the same person. And I'm I'm a walking talking example of it. Mm -hmm. The old me doesn't exist, the old version of my husband does not exist, and the old marriage doesn't exist. Right. You know, it, it can't. And it's almost like the easiest way of looking at this is if if you've ever seen those houses where you just keep patching patching things up, <laughs> right? Yep. And at some point. You need to level the house. Yep. But once the house is leveled, you can rebuild anything. Right. And that's the beauty. Right. You cannot rebuild something wonderful when all you're doing is patching up what's damaged on the house. Okay. So you're talking about needing to take the courage. And I love that word of because this mm -hmm. is a courageous path that you go down of facing mm -hmm. all those things that are in the shadows that are just lingering that you're, they're playing out, they're manifesting themselves in the different realms of your life that's not just mm -hmm. relational. And mm -hmm. so you need to take the courageous step of turning towards them and digging in. What is what is this? What could this be? And I even I love the concept you're alluding to Viktor Frankl's idea of give the meaning, give your suffering meaning. Oh, you know, absolutely. This is and teaching me something. Yeah. And, and there is, you know, when we, when we're able to make meaning out of the experience, we've taken, we've taken what's, what's been our life story and we make it a pivotal chapter of our story. And right. we've even identified, you know, originally in the study, uh, I was, I was researching something called post-traumatic growth and that's sort of the upside of trauma. Okay. What did that new, whatever the trauma is, disease, uh, death of a loved one, you know, natural disaster. Right. What did you learn from it? What have you gained? What's your insight? But I knew healing from betrayal was different from my own experience because I had been through those things, but I didn't want to assume it. We brought it back out to the study participants and I asked all of them, does betrayal feel different for you? And they all agreed hands down. Now, this is not a competition to see what trauma is worse, certainly, <laughs> right. but what they all agreed was uh, with was it is so different because it's so intentional. And yes. because of that, it needed a new term. So we coined this new term, post-betrayal transformation. And what we've seen is when you face it, you feel it, you're willing to do the work to not just rebuild all the aspects that were demolished but to, by the betrayal, but to rebuild yourself. Mm -hmm. That's when you achieve a state called post-betrayal transformation. And I can tell you from the study and the work that I've been doing since, the strongest women I have, women I have ever known have achieved that state of post-betrayal transformation. These are warriors. Absolutely. And that's I think that's kind of rings true of the resilience of the humans, right? Of, of just mm -hmm. our spirit, our ability 
um, uh, uh, just calling on the best in people, because you look at the people that have gone through major crises, whether it's betrayal or even as you're talking to talking about with natural disaster, loss, you know, all these things, the people that come through on the other end, they're different Oof. people that are incredible. They just like they like shine. They like beam. You know, how can you not yeah. be attracted to that when you see the solidness of that? Oh, it's so true. And, and you know what? That, what I find so unique to betrayal is the rebuild that has to happen is so deep. Because think about it: when the people you trusted the most prove untrustworthy, who do you trust? You know, when the ones you'd run right. to when other people are causing harm are the ones causing the harm. Right? Where do you go? The, this was your safety net. Yep. These were the people who ha- had your back, who you thought had your back, who allowed you to breathe easy, saying, "Okay, we got you." So when that's been, you know, when that, when that mask has been pulled off, when that rug has been taken out from under you, that is a terrifying space. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. So I'm, I'm just curious as we kind of wrap up this little segment that, mm-hmm. um, what would be, uh, you, you talked about awareness is the first step, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah. and then, yeah. and then what, what does, and obviously you works with women a, a lot that mm-hmm. that's what your study was all about. So, so where does she go next? Yeah. What, what she needs to do next. And this is, again, this is going to sound crazy. She needs to identify all of, and these are small self ego benefits. What, what are all the benefits she's getting from staying stuck? Because here's the thing, and I will talk about the stages, but there's a particular stage where when we're in it too long, we stay there. We could stay there for life because right. we get so many benefits staying stuck. Think about it. I get someone to blame. Yep. I don't have to do the hard work yep. of learning who to trust. Do I trust you? Do I trust you? Forget it. I won't trust anybody. I don't, I, you know, I get to justify inaction. Oh, mm-hmm. I can't do that. Look what I've been yeah. through. You know? yeah. I get a story. I get, I get to feed and fuel my addiction. Yep. And this is what happens when we think about it. We have this chemical cocktail that gets released just like any cocktail. It's <laughs> yep. going to be a day. Yep. We have to give all that up if we want to move to that next phase. So I would identify all those benefits you're getting. I love that. I love because that's kind of counterintuitive. And that's the whole philosophy I believe in when it comes to marriage is that, yeah. you know, the underlying principle that guides Sexy Marriage Radio is that marriage is designed to help us grow up, period. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point of it. It's not happily ever after. It's, it's developing a better self and it's a people growing process. And so you're talking about crisis is, uh, is major boot camp. It's hell week for Navy SEALs. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. And there's no better training ground. You're absolutely right. And not that we wish this on anybody. Let's, let's be clear, so obviously, but we also realize we live in the real world. And, and it happens. And so, Debbie, I got to thank you for the work and how you're laying a foundation. So quickly tell the Sexy Marriage Nation. How can they find more about you? Where, where, where do you call home online? Yeah, the best thing to do is go to, is take the assessment. Just go to PBT, as in post-betrayal transformation, pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. Okay, and I'll put a link on that in the show notes. So, Debbie, thank you very much for spending a little bit of time on, on the show with me. Thank you so much. One of the things we love to have happen is hear from the Sexy Marriage Nation because you guys do help make what this what the show is all about and mm-hmm. where it goes. So if we've left something undone or you want more on a particular subject or topic or you have a question that you're just dying to ask and you don't know where else to ask it, 214-702-9565 or feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. So wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, 
thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your day to spend it with us. We'll see you next time.